Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome, everyone, to episode 147 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and today I am renouncing my name because we need to talk about Brian Colangelo's burner Twitter account scandal. We're also going to discuss some recent NBA coaching hires, most specifically Orlando and Milwaukee. Before we get underway, wanted to remind you, you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. We're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter at AlmightyCasts. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. Morton, how's it going? You know why I'm a stable genius? Because I don't have burner accounts. Because <laughs> you're not Brian Colangelo? Because I'm not Brian Colangelo or or whoever it is. Like, <laughs> right. okay, can we just, can we get this out of the way? I, I will explain the situation. In- Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In painful detail mm-hmm. in a couple of minutes, but... Yep. Like, you and I agree right off the bat, even if it's not Colangelo, it's someone really high up. So regardless, the organization is right now a complete shit show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, I agree. Like, I've just been, I've honestly been cackling for like, what, we're going on 18 hours now since the story broke? It's just I know. I I woke up to it and I had a DM from you that just said, so... Like, I could just sense you were, like, completely, you know, you sat there just frozen. Like, no, what just I, happened? It's just so, it's so ludicrous and funny that, like, I can't even be upset about it. I've just been, like, howling right. with laughter for, yeah, legitimately 18 straight hours. So, for mm. those of you who are not on Basketball Twitter Tuesday night, you missed quite a night uh, at, you know, some, I think, like, 8.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, the Ringer... And Ben Dietrich of The Ringer published an article detailing uh, allegations that Brian Colangelo, the Sixers team president, has been secretly using five Twitter accounts um, for the past. Basically, some of them have been going on since he came to Philly. Not all of them have been active the entire time, um, but 
it, you, those accounts, whether they were him or not, uh, a lot of them were critical of some of the Sixers players, including Joel Embiid, Jaleel Okafor, Nerlens Noel, Markel Fultz. Uh, they slammed Brett Brown at times. They mocked both Sam Hinkie, his predecessor in Philly, and Masai Ujiri, who took over for him in Toronto. They leaked some medical information that was not public knowledge, uh, specifically pertaining to Okafor. Basically, as you said, Mort, it is a complete shit show. So, mm-hmm. Colangelo, he, you know, Dietrich reached out to the Sixers and reached out to Colangelo to get his comment. Colangelo admitted to owning one of the five accounts, um, which had never tweeted before. He denied the other four. Uh, there's a lot of incriminating evidence that suggests all five are owned by the same person. The The way that Dietrich found out about this is someone contacted him on Twitter who works in AI, and I don't know how they did it. But they like analyzed the tweet patterns for all five of these accounts. They analyzed who all five of these accounts followed. It basically seems like all five are owned by the same person. The the accounts were all following a combination of people in the Sixers organization, um, Sixers reporters, but then also like members of the University of Chicago <laughs> basketball team where Brian Colangelo's son happens to play. So either this is the most elaborate hoax of all time, and someone went to great lengths to pretend they're Brian Colangelo, or it is, as you said, Brian Colangelo or someone in the Colangelo family. So, more we need to we as of now we don't know definitively that it was him. The Sixers Wednesday morning right. announced they're opening an investigation into it. So we're gonna take we're gonna go down two hypotheticals here. First, hypothetically, if this was Brian Colangelo, what do the Sixers do? They have to fire him, right? Well, I, I obviously, but I mean, when you say we don't know, is this like <laughs> we don't know, or is it like OJ? Well, we don't know. Yeah, yeah no, it's very much OJ. For I mean, for right? me at yeah. least, like I, you know, <laughs> we ge- we genuinely don't know. I personally, with no inside information, believe it is a hundred percent him. Oh yeah. No, I, I mean, let's just get that out of the way where yeah. we stand on this and yeah. wh- what we think. But by, by the way, the ringer, I, it's just now that I realized that they replaced the stars in the Philadelphia 76ers logo with, with uh, the Twitter logo, <laughs> for, for, which is just amazing detail from the ringer. So kudos to their, to their graphic department. Look, yes, if this turns out to be him, he has to go. Mm-hmm. But I would even go that further that if someone else within the organization uh, who who is sharing his point of view mm-hmm. like may, even if, it, if these comments may come from him or maybe the stance has come from him but someone else is tweeting them mm-hmm. like in that case he would have to go too because you can't have a GM that's this down on his players or however you, you decide I think this just comes off as him with you know as him being extremely if it is him, pathetic. Like, yeah. oh, I didn't assemble this roster, so I'm going to crap on it. Like, right. he just reeks of sour grapes. Oh, I wasn't a genius. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't a very stable genius. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so a couple of thoughts on that. One, you know, and Rachel Nichols spoke to this Tuesday night, but, you know, the, the, there's some prevailing sentiment that this is just, like, so ridiculous that it just can't be true. Like, why, why would a... GM risk his job security doing this 
But then Rachel Nichols is like, what about the president of the United States right now suggests this is too ridiculous to be true? Like, no, I, I you know, I'm sorry, but I'm good, just going to, you know, talk about your country for a second. I don't think, you know, in, in your country anymore, things can be too ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Like Bill Simmons I, I, coined the Tyson zone a long time ago where like any story about Mike Tyson is mm-hmm. now believable because yeah. of Donald Trump. America is just in a permanent Tyson zone. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I get, I think there's, I think it's optimistic to say, oh, you know, this is too stupid, this is a smart guy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Look, your president is supposed to be smart as well. <laughs> right, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've just, I'm, I've reached this point where, and, I, you know, people can laugh me off, but whenever I read something from your country, I'm just like, yeah. I could see that happening. I could <laughs> right. see that be true, regardless yeah. of what the hell it is. I mean, um, so no, I am not buying into the whole. Oh, you know, he's he should have. He, he this is too ridiculous. He he's 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 got his job, so obviously he won't risk that. No, fuck that. He's fifty two. He doesn't <laughs> know Twitter. He doesn't understand. Like he look at that age, you just. I don't think, I mean, I'm being a little bit ageist here, I realize that, but for the vast majority of people in that age group, I don't think you understand that things can be tracked mm-hmm. in that sense. Yeah. I think he he was under the impression, oh, I can start uh, an account, I can do whatever the hell I want with it, and while having no idea about IP addresses, uh, <laughs> right. and email addresses, and fo- attached phone numbers and all that, yeah. like, yeah, I could totally see a guy doing that because people do dumb shit all the time right. and if a guy like coangelo who has a reputation of being extremely thin-skinned even from back in toronto mm-hmm. then it just speaks more to what he could do obviously yeah, yeah. um I, I will say this i i I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because that's how the courts work sure like you know you're not guilty on until you're you know yeah, you're, you're innocent until proven guilty yeah. right exactly and so i'm gonna stick with that so far but i'm just gonna say that you know i i think that what happened here is pretty straightforward yeah i hope that i'm wrong right. I, I will say as much because i i hope for your sake i hope for the nba sake i hope for the philadelphia 76ers organization for the sake that this isn't true partly because there's no way adam silver comes out of this looking good <laughs> right if this is true, because right. he more or less forced Philadelphia to make a change to the GM position with forcing Sam Hinkie out and getting the Colangelo family in. Yep. So if this proves to be a Colangelo-driven thing, then he's going to look bad. That's going to reflect poorly on the NBA, who otherwise has created a terrific brand. Now, obviously, that brand isn't going to go away. Right. Like, their goodwill is going to last, but yeah. it's it's still, like, it's a, it's... It's a little bit of a spotty window right now because, and you don't want that. You want an entirely clean window, and you won't get that if if this turns out to be true. But every every personality trait of what we as outsiders know of Brian Colangelo over the years heavily suggests that he could have done this. Let's just yeah. put it that way. <laughs> I mean, in Phoenix, in Toronto, he was really known as being a guy who was. Yeah, I mean, not very keen on constructive criticism. Let's just put it that way. Sure. Yeah, I mean, luckily in Philly, Adam Silver is already persona non grata, so it won't really affect our perception of him either way. We're still all pissed at him for forcing Hinky out, so 
regardless of how this ends up, our perception of him won't change. It's already pretty low. Well, um, for, well just to clarify, for that specific Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the, right, right, like right, he's still right. a, a terrific no. um, yeah, out, commissioner. Right. Like, yeah, outside yeah, okay. of that, he's done a phenomenal job. But right. well, okay, I just that's always going to gonna grind our gears. Uh, Obviously, of, and I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, I mean, of course... Brian Colangelo is petty enough to do this. Like, I, you know, I could, from that perspective, you come in to Philly in 2016, it looks like nepotism because your dad is the special advisor or whatever, and, like, Hanky mm. gets, you know, he resigns, quote-unquote, but we all know, you know, they were going to force him out of the job, basically, and right. push him into a different role, and he just said, no, no it, let, this is, Let's call it what it is. He was fired. Yeah, it's an indirect fire, but he was he was fired. Right, he he was what's probably going to happen to Brian Colangelo in the next three days. So, Correct. Uh, so like, yeah, you know, he Brian Colangelo inherits this job, inherits an unbelievably fortunate situation where you have a Joel Embiid, you have the number one pick, you're about to get Ben Simmons, you have a wealth of cap space, you have multiple picks coming down the line from the Lakers and the Kings, whatever. You know that if you start winning with this roster. Hanky's going to get the credit because he laid the groundwork. If you fuck this up, which, you know, <laughs> he may or may not have done with the Markel Fultz trade, well, that's mm-hmm. the, the jury remains out on that, but it's not looking good. Early returns are not looking good there. You're going to get lambasted. So there's no winning if you're Brian Colangelo. So I could absolutely see him being petty enough to have started these accounts and start to defend his public. Or defend his name in public, even though he's doing it from like little Twitter eggs. <laughs> it's just it's so it's so ridiculous. And but like ultimately, more I think you know going back to does he need to get fired? If it's him, absolutely. He's oh, yeah. lost like, the locker room. I mean, Embiid's initial reaction. You know, I know he walked it back later in the night and said he doesn't believe it. Told Woj he doesn't believe it, but he told Woj like if this is true. This would be really bad. Like he, if it's true, he, yeah. Calangelo can't go in the locker room and have Embiid's respect or have Markel Fultz's respect. He doesn't what? have his respect. Let's just again, let's be honest. Yeah. Embiid, who went on this rampage and <laughs> made entire NBA Twitter laugh their ass off because yeah. he's a funny guy. Yeah. Um, you don't you you don't flip to the sense that Embiid did and going, oh, I don't believe the story. Yeah, you no. had like fifteen staffers from Philly, <laughs> right. probably just calling him, knocking on his front door, like "Stop, yeah. Yeah. stop tweeting, yeah. don't Zach Lowe tweet said, like, anymore." Dude, but, like someone's cutting his internet. Use this. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Brian Colangelo outside and beats Mansion or whatever, yeah. <laughs> like Clippers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, but like obviously MP believes this is yeah. is what it happens. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I just think it's important that we don't bullshit around. Right. I mean, look, no. one thing is what MP says publicly, another is what he indicated fifteen <laughs> minutes before. <laughs> right. Like right. you know, I mean yeah. No. I mean, do you think anyone of the every no. even I mean, when you look at the the roster, do you think there's a single player there right now who believes in his innocence? No, you saw like, Rashawn Holmes yeah, post like, like just twenty like, crying, laughing faces. Yeah, yeah. He's lost the locker room regardless, Brian. Yeah, I mean, I think you know that's the, a fair point. Let so let's go in hypothetically. Let's say it isn't him, but right. as you said, it's either Jerry Colangelo 
or someone close to him that, you know, so, uh, another Colangelo, another family member. But it's not yeah, Brian. Like, Does he still get fired? Can he operate Twitter? Yeah, well, apparently one of the accounts said he was 77. Though, like, one of the accounts said that person was 77 and Colangelo 78. So, I think the Eric oh. Jr. account. So, there's, yeah. like, there's a Sixers Reddit thread right now about why... <laughs> Brian is the other four, and then the really crazy one was Jerry. <laughs> Which okay, is awesome. look, if it's just anyone from the Colangelo family, that's a problem because yeah. that's going to reflect poorly on the family as a whole. Which means you won't have the respect of the players, you won't have the respect of the staff. And look, I, I want to imp- uh, to to look at Hollywood rules here because mm-hmm. when you saw the entire Me Too movement, you saw a lot of actors get fired from their jobs mm-hmm. and some raise the point well these actors have just been accused they haven't been convicted of anything mm-hmm. but the response coming back from these hollywood institutions were pretty interesting because they argued we're in a public perception business meaning that even if something hang if an accusation hangs over the head of one of our actors and a large majority and a large group of our viewers believe that uh, accusation to be true that is going to hurt our brand regardless of it's true or not meaning Mm -hmm. that we have to disassociate ourselves with this person because our brand would be permanently tainted even if the guy did not do what he's accused of yeah this is the exact same situation yeah look brian colangelo was already not you know universally loved and loved in philly (laughs) correct the players like look Embiid is still a heavy, heavy, you know, trust the process type of guy, as yep. are the vast majority of the Sixers players, which I think frustrates Colangelo to to extreme levels. Yeah, um, and, the, and the ownership too. And the ownership too, absolutely. Um, but at, at this point, you know, perception has become, which is, I, I hate to say this because this is very Trumpian, but perception has become reality in this world, which it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But it, that is the case in in the media landscape that we are today, so that's going to hurt the the Philadelphia seventy sixers as a whole. It's going to hurt the players. It's going to hurt everyone. So I think they need to disassociate themselves with the entire Colangelo branch now. Yeah, right yeah. now before the draft. Oh yeah, I mean you know I think they're going to let this investigation play out, but I'm praying to God that this investigation is over by the end of the week because oh, yeah. you know, I wrote a piece for B-Ball Breakdown today about that, about like the shitty timing of this whole thing. Like we're recording this on Wednesday, May 30th. The draft is 22 days away. Free agency yep. is a month away. The Sixers have six picks in the draft, including number 10. They have 25 million in cap space if they renounce all their free agents. You know, there, there were updated odds that came out yesterday from bet online about like, updated odds of uh where lebron is going to end up next year the sixers were the favorites as of yesterday like they they have a chance i mean this is their most pivotal offseason at least in my memory like at least since Allen iverson was in his heyday but I, i'm older than you and in my memory as well yeah like th- <laughs> this could be th- like i don't want to say a make or break offseason because you know they'd roll over their salary cap space next year but like if they hit on, you know, if they hit on the number ten pick and get 
a great player and then they are able to somehow sign LeBron James or Paul George, like they're going to be championship contenders as long as everyone stays healthy for as long as Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and whoever they sign is under contract, which is going to be at least five years, four or five years. So like this could, you know, this is a major summer for them. And for this shitstorm to be hanging over them now with less than like three to four weeks before all this happens, even Mm -hmm. if, you know, like, even if Colangelo steps down today or steps down by the end of the week, they're not going to have much time to vet candidates. And then even if they do get those people up to speed by the time the draft and free agency rolls around, like this is an awful situation. One guy. They know this one guy pretty well. What was his name? He died from for our <laughs> sins. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, God. I, I, I don't remember his name. He was kind of good. He turned <laughs> the entire franchise around, made them respectable. Then he got fired for no goddamn reason. I, oh, I don't remember, Brian, but he would just make such a good candidate, like, generally speaking. Hmm. Yeah. I, this if, is karma. Sorry, this is karma. This is just, I no. agree. I mean, I you know, personally, I was talking to some Sixers guys earlier. I almost hope that it's Jerry who did this and it's not Brian. Because if it's Jerry, Brian still has to go. But Jerry was a snake and backstabbed Sam Hankey. So Jerry then was a snake and backstabbed his own son and caused his own son to get fired. It would just be karmic hilarity. Wasn't Jerry... Um... Also, did, did wasn't he a snake towards Greg Popovich some years ago regarding oh, Team USA? Team USA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, I, he just seems so extremely unlikable. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I know he's an NBA legend and he's he's responsible for a lot of great things throughout the years as well. well you but... can be that and you can be an asshole at the same yeah, time. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know? exactly. So yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think the hinky thing, I mean, yeah, I've seen people float that as well. Um, I just, I don't see there any way the ownership would approve that or Adam Silver would approve it or, you know, there, there would be some behind the scenes bullshit that went on to prevent that from happening. And, you know, I love Sam Hinky like my own father. Um, I am forever grateful for what he did for this organization. But I just think the baggage with him going into this oh, summer. Yeah. Would just no, be was, too, yeah. It would be I too much. I was kidding. Yeah. Can we also, just, he's yeah. like an angel investor now. Like he's got his tentacles all over the place. I don't oh, even yeah. think. I don't know why he would want to come back to the NBA. Like just but, go make your way, money. Isn't he into AI? Yeah, I know. People made that connection. If he's maybe he's the mole. <laughs> oh my god, that would be the most hilarious thing of all time. Yeah, there's there's been yeah. like a lot of. NBA Twitter dark web theories about like yeah. who's who's Obviously, responsible I, for this, who's the mole. Yeah. Just oh, it's it's been a phenomenal eighteen hours. Obviously, it it's not Hinky because right. I mean, look, he he actually seems to be like a decent human being. Yeah, and I hope he has better <laughs> stuff to do with his time than to like root out for months. These <laughs> the guy has a Fitbit that rings every hour oh, where yeah. he asks himself. Like, what did I accomplish in the last hour? I'm pretty sure this would be filed under not productive. (laughs) I disagree. (laughs) Based on how entertaining NBA Twitter was last night, I very much disagree. This is very productive. That that is fair. I will say, I mean, if they do end up replacing Colangelo, I think Mm. the one name that has surfaced 
at least on basketball Twitter, as a logical candidate, is David Griffin, who mm-hmm. is obviously, you know, LeBron James respected him, wanted him to come back to Cleveland. Dan Gilbert said otherwise, but Griffin has experience dealing with volatile situations. Um, and he's smart. Yeah. Right, like well I, I respected would be... around the league, not just LeBron. Like I, I know I saw the LeBron angle, but mm-hmm. like, can we just like he is generally loved yeah. around the league? Yeah, I, I would be. I, I, frankly, I mean, this is such a black eye to the organization, but if they go from Brian Colangelo running the team to David Griffin running the team, heading into Oof. you know, heading into the draft, heading into free agency. It might end up being like a huge blessing in disguise. I I want to attach a comment to that because I think if that p- turns out to be true, then I would just urge you and every Sixers fan. Look, I love the whole trust the process thing, but if David Griffin comes in, I would I don't think it would be fair to run that whole angle with yeah. him in charge. Like yeah. then you need to to kill the whole trust the process thing because one thing is you have this the this Colangelo snake family coming in <laughs> and basically just ripping everything away. Right. But having a guy like David Griffin, who then comes in on his own, like have, yeah. hasn't pushed anyone out. I feel that would be deserving of just a new fresh start. And where you just go, okay, that whole Colangelo thing was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. I'm here. It's a different day. Let's flip the script and let's, let's start winning. Yeah, I, I don't think Griffin would get the type of backlash among pro-process people that Colangelo's, the Colangelo's did, but specifically Brian, just because, as you said, it's not going to be a hostile takeover, or if anything, it would be a hostile takeover against the person who first executed the hostile takeover. Um, I, you know, I don't think trust the process is ever going to die at this point, I think. You know, especially, no, I, no. but but right. yeah, like you know, shitting on every move he makes or like going into every like every summer. That's I go what in, I'm talking about, like a yeah. revenge Philly Twitter, for example. <laughs> right, you know, right. that's that's created for Colangelo specifically. I feel. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I would not go into this off season with like <laughs> the overwhelming sense of dread of like, oh, we have all this great opportunity. We're going to blow it because we're going to like trade Markel Fultz and Robert Covington for right. DeMar DeRozan or something like that. I, I have right. far more confidence in David Griffin's ability as a GM just based on what he did in Cleveland during LeBron's second stint there. I mean, yeah, you know, like, yes, he overpaid Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith and whatever, but like, he did that because those guys were repped by LeBron's agency and they wanted to keep LeBron there. So, like, yeah, if they. If the Sixers ended up hiring David Griffin and getting LeBron, there would probably be some sacrifices they make along the way that will be damaging to the organization long term. But in the short term, you're going to have LeBron James and you're going to have a very talented young roster and you're probably going to be... I mean, if oh, everyone's... going to win a ring. Yeah, if, you st- if everyone stays healthy, you're at least yeah. going to be you know, one of the top contenders for however long he stays there. So, I mean... Oh, I, come on. You're usually not... I mean, you're you're usually not you know afraid of being bashful. <laughs> I mean, look, LeBron be right really now. Good too. Yeah, look, I know I said Boston for 2019 champs, but yeah. if LeBron ends up in Philly, forget about that. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to jinx it. It's a long way away. Embiid could get hurt. 
whatever. A lot of a lot of dumb Someone stuff. Someone could happen. have destroyed the organization from the inside the Twitter <laughs> right. burners. Yeah. Right. Right, exactly. Who knows? But yeah, I mean this whole thing is just long story short, I have no idea how Colangelo survives this mess. He's gonna have to he provide doesn't. undeniable evidence that it's not only not him or not anyone around him, but he's gonna have to like come up with who this person was how they had no connection to the organization which i don't think is true like Derek bodner of the athletic and kyle newbeck of philly voice both of them have had great articles about it this morning they and kyle was tweeting this last night too when you're around a team you get information like background information off the record that you can't share but you just hear some things through the grapevine both of those guys have said a lot of the stuff coming from those accounts fall into that category with stuff they've heard they just can't report. So it's coming from inside the organization. We don't know who from. I mean, like Occam's Razor is it's Brian Colangelo. It's the most logical explanation. It's most likely him. But even if it's not, it's someone close enough to him that it's still, I don't know how he survives this. No, he doesn't. Look, again, bringing back to the whole Hollywood thing. Yeah. Perception. Yeah. Like, he's lost the fame, but he already lost the <laughs> Right, right. This is just this is just adding insult to injury. And look, Philadelphia fans are going to take this and run with it. Oh, even yeah. If he, even if it's proven that it's not him, you're still going to have a major percentage of Philly fans go, oh, I don't believe that. That's yeah. him. Yeah. It, yeah. It's done. It's over with. I mean... He's he has to be gone if he, if the NBA decides to, you know, try to save face and mm-hmm. like dictate oh we should keep him around because you know we did the whole hinky thing like we have to save face and keep him around mm-hmm. like no that's only gonna hurt you in the long run yeah yeah I, like I don't know how you go into this summer go into these free agency meetings with him still in power go into a meeting with LeBron James and be like yeah everything's cool here. Don't worry about it. We're totally a functional organization. You just can't. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, we, nope. we will obviously stay abreast of all of the latest developments here, and we will <laughs> probably have at least one more emergency podcast when he inevitably gets fired. But more, let's, let's turn our attention now to some hirings around the league. Uh, the first one happened today. Uh Steve Clifford is now the Orlando Magic's new head coach, signed a four-year deal there, according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. What are your thoughts about Clifford in Orlando? I am nervous as hell, Brian, because (laughs) that move suggests to me that um, they're in to win it now. He Mm -hmm. is one of those win-now coaches, and he's great at what he does. So when, when I say nervous as hell, I'm not nervous about his capabilities as a head coach. Steve Clifford is a damn good coach. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's a guy you use as a development coach, as a guy where you go, hey, you know what, you need to, you know, expect a three-year window where we rebuild mm-hmm. or where we restructure the entire roster. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, he's coming in to win games and. That would at least one positive that comes out of this to me at least is Aaron Gordon will be back undoubtedly. Yeah. Because you would take a step back. Like if you hire Steve Clifford, then you're expecting to win now. 
And if you then let Aaron Aaron Gordon go in free agency, then you're going to take like five steps back. <laughs> right. Which right. just wouldn't make sense. So the hire there is just a confirmation in, in my eyes that they're keeping Aaron Gordon and they're willing to like match a max. Mm-hmm. Like he's there. But I'm just so concerned because right now, after that hire, the sixth pick is in play. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It's possible. I mean, I'm with you. I, I like I like Steve Clifford overall. I think he's a good coach. I think he got a bad rap in Charlotte this year in particular. Because, um, we, I mean, shit, we discussed the roster building flaws with that Hornets team even heading into the season. They didn't have a backup point guard, and it came back to bite them. That said... Are I'm, you saying that Shelvin Mack isn't outstanding? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Michael Carter-Williams. You, t- you didn't fool me once. <laughs> Um, but I mean, yeah, go look at this Orlando Magic roster. We said it in their by Felicia segment. Like, we don't know. I like Aaron Gordon a lot as a player. I hope he comes back. But outside of him, I don't know if there's a single player on this Magic team worth building around. Like, Jonathan Isaac's really high upside, but we just didn't see enough out of him to mm-hmm. definitively have that opinion about him. Uh, they just got rid of Alfred Payton. I mean,. The Vooch-Biombo dynamic remains an absolute enigma. You would think at some point they would have to solve it, but maybe they're just going to let Vooch's contract run out and deal with it then. Um, but yeah, you're right, Mort. Like, I I have no idea what they do with that number six pick now. I mean, if anything, I think it possibly increases the likelihood of them taking Trey Young rather than, you know, if they I don't... I hope you're right. Yeah, I mean, just because they have such a glaring need at point guard after trading Peyton. And so, like, maybe even if they don't have him as the best player available, maybe they're just at a spot where they're like, we need a star caliber star caliber player to get butts in seats and get attention back to this franchise. Trey Young, you know, led the NCAA in scoring, scoring and assists last season. He has that type of... You know, like, just look at the first half of the season of college basketball. His name is synonymous with the NCAA throughout mm. November, December. So maybe they go that route. But, yeah, I mean, it, it the, the Magic are going to be truly fascinating to watch this summer. I wrote a piece about Orlando for People Breakdown that's going to come out either today or tomorrow. And I touched on the Trey Young uh, idea because I, and I, I really want to point this out. A lot of people look at a Trey Young selection in Orlando as a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Like, we've laughed about it as well, mm-hmm. but not in the sense of, oh, it's a bad idea, just that it was predictable. Right, right. That doesn't mean that that's a bad idea. It's just like we could read the magic, like we could read the tea leaves. Mm-hmm. However, like, we could always be wrong. But I actually love the fit. I would love the fit of Trey Young in Orlando. And I'll tell you why, because I, I touched on this in the article as well. He's got the team right there. Like, the team is filled with role players, complementary players, secondary guys. Like, mm-hmm. you just need that one guy who can create off the dribble, who can create his own shot, create shot for, 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 for others, mm-hmm. and make the offense move. You need someone to be the guy who runs the show. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got a lob target and a pick-and-pop option in Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. He's got a pick-and-pop and pick-and-roll option in Nikola Vucevic. He's got standstill shooters and off-ball cutters in Evan Fournier and Jonathan Simmons. And 
that you just have so and he, hey Terrence Ross as well like yeah. you have those guys I think it would make life so much easier for Trey Young and the Magic to make that marriage happen oh and you have Jonathan Isaac who's like this long ass small forward power forward you know combo forward overall who's lanky can get to the rim can shoot a little bit Trey Young would walk into a fantastic situation right there mm-hmm. like he would you wouldn't have to be in <laughs> ironically Charlotte where you you where it's a Kemba situation where Kemba has to create everything right like he wouldn't walk into that situation he would have weapons at his disposal alongside of him so I would love that fit and I hope that they draft him I'm just concerned that they would shop the pick and I'm concerned right. that they might even go in a different route and 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 try to cash in and cash in their chips because here's the thing a lot of teams they try to cash in their chips too early yeah Orlando's done the, it like twice now <laughs> right they have and it's just it's gone so bad yeah you, you can't cash in your chips when it's premature like when Boston did it with Garnett and, and Ray Allen back in 2007 mm-hmm. like that's because they had the assets right like they had Al Jefferson Sebastian Telfair Gerald Green like they had all these guys it just made sense you had the available ammunition you know they had the fifth pick that turned out to be Jeff Green mm-hmm. that they traded for for Ray I mean you just had all these assets and that's really that comes down to asset management how you utilize it right the, Orlando just missed the boat on so many assets over the years like think about how much they gave up for what four months of Serge Ibaka I, I know I mean and that's yeah that's what I was referencing in terms of them pushing their chips in too early was right. yeah they gave up what, it was Victor Oladipo, Sabonis. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else in that? I thought there was one other thing in that deal. I, I don't remember, honestly. But, but I do was, know that they sent him to Toronto for Terrence Ross and I believe a 2017 first-rounder? Yeah, I don't remember the exact deal. I remember Terrence Ross being the headliner of the deal. Which, yeah, I have it here. Okay. Traded by the Toronto Raptors with a 2017 first round draft pick. Oh, uh, that's that became be Possessionix. Oh, actually. Oh, there you yeah. go. Great. All right. Yeah. Wait, going back to Brian Colangelo. Awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. Full uh. circle. <laughs> uh, no, but that 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 was just such a bad deal. I mean. Yeah. Obviously. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, part of it for them was like I don't know. Alfred Payton and Victor Oladipo were just such a bad fit together. That, that just speaks to, you know, or it goes to what you're saying organizationally, Mort. Like, until they were aligned on, all right, we traded Dwight Howard. We're going to rebuild. We have Victor Oladipo. We need guys around him. We can, we can, we should let him be one of our primary ball handlers. We need a point guard around him who can spot up and shoot. We don't need a point guard around him who can't shoot and needs the ball in his hands the whole time. Right. But they then instead traded up to get Alfred Payton, who fit yep. with Oladipo like oil and water. And then it forced them to sell low on Oladipo, led to this whole debacle. And Payton. Yeah, right. And Payton, who they only got Look, a second round pick for. I have the deal right here. So Payton was, you, the, the Sixers actually drafted Payton, Payton and yep, sent yep, him, yep, yep. And send him to Orlando for Dario Saric. Yep. A 2015 second round draft pick that turned into Willie Hernan Gomez, actually. Oh. And a 2017 first round draft pick that turned into De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. I think That's that what pick you was, gave up. I think that pick was lottery protected. But even still, it was like it. they got a first round pick for moving down two slots. 
they got their own first round pick back for moving down two slots. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, and then they traded Payton to Phoenix for a 2018 second round draft pick. Yeah, yeah, right. And I mean, it's you know, there's new management in charge. A lot of those mistakes yep. were made under Rob Hennigan, so we have to. Yeah, see. John Hammond is in charge now. Yeah, so we have to give him credit and see how this develops. But I'm with you, Mort. At like, I think you know. Clifford's experience with Kemba, I think, would help inform how he coaches Trey Young. I think, you know, they could both... Trey Young's probably not going to be anywhere as good of a defender as Kemba is, but they're both, like, electric scorers who made their name that way in college. Right. You could run a lot of pick-and-roll with both of those guys. Oh, yeah. That would, in theory, at least make him a reasonable target at number six. So, I guess we'll just see what happens there, but... Like you, I share the concerns of do they shop that pick for an established veteran that's not going to actually oh, move the needle and put them at like thirty-five wins instead of twenty-eight? Like, don't just right. I, and I, <laughs> and just a final note on the bad asset management mm-hmm. because I don't remember if John Hammond was in place with this happen. I think he was, mm-hmm. but they didn't pick up the fourth-year option on Mario Hosonia, who's a top-five draft pick. Yep, yep, he was in charge, I believe. So that's a bad decision from John Hammond right off the bat because obviously in year three, Hisonia started to, to show some some serious life. Mm-hmm. Um, Orlando, I feel, is just... They just compound bad mistakes with bad mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's a tremendous problem. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope Steve Clifford, when he signed, was like, hey, you know what? I, I, I would like some influence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not not in the Stan Van Gundy sense, but like, right. just I would like to be asked. I would yeah. like to have a vote in this. Right, like run these things by me before you give me saddle me with a terrible team. Right, Sheldon Mack, yeah. who the Magic, by the way, I, this is the funniest tweet ever. Like they congratulate yeah. Sheldon <laughs> Mack on leading the team in assists, and he averaged like three point nine. Like, okay, way to go, Sheldon Mack. I, th- I think I thought that was so mean to sh- to, to Mack, like. I, I think it's more mean to their fans. I think that was, like, the ultimate <laughs> troll. Like, we're now, what, six years after the Dwight Howard trade, and we're congratulating oh. a guy leading our team with less than four assists per game? Great. And remember how good they looked after the Howard trade? Like, that was there was so much optimism there. Yeah. Like, they actually got a decent return for a superstar, which you practically never get. Right. And I then mean, yeah, they, were the, they like, wasted at first, they looked like the clear losers, and then a year later, when all of the other teams got totally fucked in that deal, they were the clear winners, and then mm-hmm. they still somehow managed to piss it away. Oh, yeah. Let's turn more to the other big hiring that we, you know, we, we just haven't had a, touch, a chance to touch on it, because we've been occupied by playoffs and draft and burner scandals and burner whatnot. Counts, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mike Budenholzer... The new Milwaukee Bucks head coach, not the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Love it. Yeah. I mean, um, not sure what you can say. I mean, this guy has uh, international experience. I mean, he played here in Denmark. Um, He's just not, given the fact that he's not been limited to just the American system, it's going to help him in his rapport with Giannis Mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. he comes from Pop's coaching tree. He did well in Atlanta on his own. Like, he's a proven coach on his own merit. 
I, I just love the fit there. I think the ball movement that he preaches time and time again is really going to fit this Milwaukee Bucks squad because mm-hmm. you have guys who can move the ball from the wing position, like Giannis, Chris Middleton is a good passer. Like You have these guys, Eric Bledsoe, that's going to be the big question mark, how he incorporates himself into next year's Boston team. But having a full training camp under his belt, I believe is going to do wonders for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Brockton can pass the ball, can play some point guard as well. So I think Bud is going to come in and see all these guys who have capabilities of moving the ball, making decisions with the ball, and I think he's going to utilize it greatly. I'm very, very optimistic about Milwaukee now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean... You know, I think we both assumed he was going to go to Toronto, I think, because they just had an established core that ready to win right away. But, you know, if you look at these two jobs and you compare them, yeah, you you know, the Raptors could be in the conference finals next year, depending on what happens with LeBron and how things break elsewhere. But also Mm -hmm. the pressure to win now is going to be so much more enormous than it is in Milwaukee. Like Milwaukee, you've got younger guys who you can you know foresee a future like they have Giannis is only scratching the surface of his upside Chris Middleton is like just entering his athletic prime we don't know what's going to happen with Jabari Parker but if they bring him back he's another young guy Malcolm Brogdon Thon Maker like they have they they have like in the terms of their trajectory they can still ascend whereas the Raptors most likely have peaked or have come close to it. I mean, maybe if you bring in Bud and bring in his system of ball movement, as we talked about before, like maybe that pushes them to win a game or two against LeBron, but like they might just not have the roster as currently constructed to do anything against LeBron James, much less a Boston Celtics team that's going to be healthy next year. So maybe he just saw, like it might have just come down to one of these teams has Giannis and the other doesn't, which is... yeah. That's fair. I mean, oh yeah, you you might just want to coach the best player, and if you see like I have a chance to coach a guy who could be a top five player in a year or two, you do it. Exactly. Like uh, uh, I know we mentioned Toronto several times on this podcast as a potential landing spot for Bud, but when you really think about it, why would you want to go to a place where there is no app, no potential whatsoever of having a guy who could potentially be a top three player mm-hmm. in the NBA by next season already, who is 23 years old, where you look at Kyle Lowry, who is what, 31, 30, 32, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. who's definitely going to decline from here on out. And then you have DeMar DeRozan, who's, he's still in his prime, but he's not young. Right. And he's like his his weaknesses are pretty apparent. Yep. Like of course you go with the guy who might end up winning you a playoff series on his by his damn self. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just yeah, I get it. I completely get it. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I think you know, he has a low bar to clear to be an upgrade over Jason Kidd and Joe Pronti. I think He's mm-hmm. very much going to do that. You know that they he reportedly had a breakfast meeting with Giannis and Chris Middleton before actually taking the job. So I, you know, the fact that he's gotten sign off from the two the team's two biggest stars seems positive. At least you know I, I think it's good for the Bucks that they incorporated those guys and included those guys in that decision. Since yeah. you know you want to build around them, you want them to feel like they have stakes 
in the future of this organization and they have a say. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a great fit all around. Uh, I'm terrified of the Bucks. I mean, they, mm-hmm. we, you know, in terms of talent, they've got it. Like, we again, we don't know what's going to happen with Jabari, but, like, they could be very good in short order. I, you know, I think it wouldn't surprise me at all, depending on where, again, where LeBron goes. Would not surprise me at all if that's a top four seed in the East next season. Yep. I think Bud is going to run Giannis out at center next year. Ooh, that'd be fun. You think because, per- like permanently, like he's going to be the yeah. starting five? Ooh. Yeah, and and here's why, because he saw up close what a playmaking center in Al Horford could do. Mm-hmm. Like Giannis is, I mean, I I can't even explain how much more athletic and quick he is off his feet. Yeah, he's got the same passing elements that Horford does, like the same overall court vision. Mm-hmm. He's he's just so explosive, and and he's so tall and he's so long that you can I mean he can score over bigger defenders. Yeah, and you're not in in this current NBA climate like. The whole idea of oh he can't play center because he's not strong enough get that out of here that's that's not lo- no longer the case I mean this nowadays it's all about the face up it's about pick and rolls it's about switches it's about being fast it's about jump shooting it's about all these things mm-hmm. like sure of course Giannis can play center full time LeBron could play center full time yeah like it's just a different league I, and and Giannis especially like I don't I don't remember his wingspan what is it like seven six. Seven five or something. I, like yeah, this. I don't remember either. It, it's it's long. Is yeah. my point, and he grew after getting drafted as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Giannis returning like Jabari at the four, Chris Middleton playing the two or the three. Like, dude, this could be good. Uh, I think they save Giannis full time at center. They holster that into the playoffs. I don't think they want to wear him down like that physically. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, I get that. I get yeah. that. Then then I would like to see them experiment with with thought yeah i think they want like in to year three yeah, yeah. I, I mean i think the guy needs to still just add muscle to his frame and i but i think they envision him as their long-term starting center you'd put then some combination of Giannis and assuming parker comes back basically i mean parker would be the four just because i don't think he has the foot speed to guard guys as much out on the wings um, oh yeah, and then Giannis oh, he's and, full time now, right? Yeah. Isn't like because of the ACLs and stuff yeah. like that. Don't you I, see him as a full time four? I would think so. And then Giannis and Middleton are basically just interchangeable as yeah, you know, just defensive nightmares. And then probably Brogdon is the starting point guard. Or I guess that Eric Bledsoe's there for another year. And then you got Brogdon off the bench. Like, yeah, it, it, that Bucks team could be really good. It, I'm worried. I'm very worried about them. Um. More, two more notes before we we leave. One, Bovada in Vegas just released odds about whether Brian Colangelo will be the Philadelphia 76ers president of basketball <laughs> operations. Yes is a plus 200, so that's two to one odds. No is a minus 300, one to three odds. So you would have to bet $300 to win 100. So Bovada seems to know something. Vegas, Vegas seems to know what's up, so... Seems like heads are gonna roll in Philly sooner than later. But I we we should mention one positive note that came out of Philly on Tuesday is that Brett Brown got a three year contract extension, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. So, you know, he might be he might be coaching for a different GM, but 
he will be with the team. That's fine. Yeah. That's I mean, fine. I mean, that was logical. Yeah. If anything, right. I mean, like, I'm happy that he got it locked in before all of this hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Because uh, then, otherwise, he'd be going into the last year of his deal. If you bring in a new GM, there's always the, like, oh, well, this isn't my guy. You know, I, I think Brett proved this year that he keeping this team together through the process and, you know, making them just having them buy into his system the whole time and not developing the losing culture that so many process critics were uh, quick to accuse them of. I think he earned the benefit of the doubt. You know, maybe he turns out to be a Mark Jackson instead of a Steve Kerr. Maybe he's not the most advanced tactically. I think he's pretty good. I mean, in terms of his out-of-bounds plays and mm-hmm. sidelines plays, he's he was great all year. I mean, he got coached out-coached by Brad Stevens, but... A lot it's of Brad that. Stevens. Yeah, right. Like a lot of coaches will be <laughs> out coached by Brad Stevens. He held his own right. very well in that Miami series against another good coach in Eric Spolestra. So I think he deserved the chance to see this thing out. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I'm just very happy for him. Um, and yeah, I mean, just in terms of his job security, I feel well, even better about guy. it. Yeah, yeah, he deserved it. So yeah. shout out, shout out to Brett Brown. I'm excited to have him grow with the team. Uh, oh, you're not giving a shout out to the guy who gave them the contract? <laughs> <laughs> that might be the last good thing he did. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. End on a high note, Calangelo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll stay in touch about any further Calangelo updates. And we may have to record an emergency podcast soon about that if anything, any big news breaks. Until then. Follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter at AlmightyCasts. Until next time, I'm Eric Jr. or Al47156389 <laughs> or Brian Taporic. And I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. Uh, congratulations, I should say, <laughs> about finally uh, catching a break. If you're a Philly fan, I know a lot of guys have been looking to to get someone else in charge. And it seems like all it took was a major scandal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I will say, after being so damn right about the process, it's now great to have been right about Brian Colangelo being a scumbag as well. Big wins all around. All right, later, Mort. Later. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-sized prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance.